following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, good morning and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are sitting here today in beautiful downtown Anchorage, Alaska, and what a trip this has been. I can't wait to share with you. I've seen so many things this week that have really made an impression on me. One of the impressions is just how common human trafficking is. It seems like everywhere I go. Now, this show is really meant to train first responders and, you know, uh, practitioners, people who are out there combating human trafficking. And so we want you to engage with us. We have a call-in number, and this is supposed to be a dialogue, not a monologue. So your call-in number is one 866 472 Five seven eight eight. Let me give you that again. It's one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight. Exploiting crimes against humanity is a project of Million Kids. That's M I L L I O N Million Kids because over a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. I've been engaged in combating human trafficking all over the world for many years now. It's amazing how fast time passes. And what is happening is around the world, millions of people are coming together to say, never again. And that is happening up here. We're going to ask you, first of all, to follow us at Million Kids on Facebook. If you want to get information about how these cases take place, Go on Million Kids on the Facebook page, and you will see an amazing amount of material. We have a media marketing director by the name of Susie Carpenter, and she's just simply the best in the business. And the purpose of doing this is just not to make it sad or to be melodramatic, but to be able to show to you how often this is happening, but more important, how each case is different. And what we can learn from each of those cases and how we can prepare you to be able to combat this. I can't do this by myself, trust me. My goal in life is simply to educate as many people as we can around the world. So that's Me and Kids on Facebook. We have also the Me and Kids website, which is meandkids.org. This particular show is Exploited Crimes. Uh, dot com. And you can go to exploitedcrimes.com. The show is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. And in there, we archive each show. I tell you that because if you're new to the show and you want to get education, maybe you're a student. We've been training lots and lots of young people up here. And I'm so impressed with how many young people understand the problem and want to take this on in a leadership role, whether it is by... Uh, going into a career in law enforcement, 
or learning about forensics or uh, the kinds of psychology and informed trauma care, each of them have a different path and they want to learn. So they can get that at exploitedcrimes.com. We archive all of our shows and you can go into Exploited Crimes. That's E-X-P-L-O-I-T-E-D, exploitedcrimes.com. Dot com and see all the archive shows on there. Sometimes we talk about child pornography. Sometimes one time we talked about how males are trafficked. I, I think people are blown away by how often males are involved in exploitation as victims, not always as perpetrators. We often talk about gangs that are in there. And in fact, we're going to talk about that today. Let me share with you some of the things that I've seen up here in Anchorage, and um, then we're going to bring on a guest with us, and that is Gwen Adams, and she's going to join us later today. She, I am up here as her guest, and she is head of the Prices Organization, and they are trying to figure out how, as a community, they can come together to combat this. So part of this show is really going to be about how you can make a difference, how you can get involved, what can be done to combat this. But one of the things as I began to prepare to come up here for Anchorage is I thought, you know, they surely are much different than we are in, say, Riverside, California, or the work that I've done in Joplin, Missouri, or across the nation. And it was really fascinating to me how that's just simply not true. When you get up here, the first things I always do when I come to town, I look at all the back page ads, I look for other sites where they're selling um, sex for sale. I'm, I'm surprised up here. Of course, they have Backpage like everybody else. They have Craigslist. They had some others that I had not seen too much. One was Hot Escort, uh, Hot Local Escorts. And uh, it's a little more pornographic than the Backpage. But I was amazed by the number of, uh, well, just the number of people that were for sale there. It was just a... Uh, really kind of gut-wrenching to look and see that it's alive and well right here in Anchorage. There are some other sites, but what it told me is that there isn't a lot of difference whether you're in a remote location, whether you're in a small town, or whether you're in a, a city environment like I am in Riverside. They have gangs here, and guess what? It's the same gangs that we have in Southern California doing the same darn kind of business. They have the Crips up here. They have the Blood and Crips up here. And they are connected to Compton, California. So what does that mean to me since I combat trafficking? That means that they send their girls up here. And the pimps come up here and they trade them around. That also means to me that they need to get to know each other and talk to each other because the state trooper up here is looking at a case and what's he seeing? He's seeing maybe two, three, four girls and then a couple of pimps and they're connected to a gang. But what I'm seeing is that he's simply pulling the thread to a very large puzzle and that we need to connect him to Compton. They have the, the Long Beach gangs, the, the Tiny Rascals, that's an Asian gang, that they're headquartered out of Long Beach. We see that kind of trafficking down on Long Beach with our friends there, great friends down there doing great work. And so it's a fascinating thing there as we began to watch that they have the exact same gangs. Now they have Sons of Samoa up here that we don't necessarily have, but they have the Disciples also. 
So these gangs are spreading across America, and it doesn't matter where, even in the outskirts of what feels like the outskirts of Earth at times when you get out to Homer and uh, the ends of Alaska, you're thinking, you know, no stone left unturned, no place left that isn't covered. These people are spreading across America, and they're using the same tactics, whether they're in Alaska, whether they're in Seattle. And by the way, there are sex circuits, I can tell from the back page ads. There are actual sex circuits where they're going through Canada, going into Seattle, going down to Portland, and like that. So it's a fascinating thing. One of the things that I want to do is uh, talk to you about a case that happened. We may have to take a break in the middle of this, but this is a case that got my attention before I ever knew the people at Priceless. And I want to share this case with you because the elements of this case are so similar everywhere you go. What we're seeing up here is that it's gangs and it's social media and gangs using social media, and it's also gangs preying on runaway kids. I talked with a whole group of people last night, a whole lot of young people, about 300 of them. I was so impressed. And one of the most important things you can do if you want to combat trafficking is talk to kids about don't run away. When you look at all these cases that are on the Million Kids Facebook page, when you see a gang case and it's especially offer awful, you will see most often they're preying on a runaway. And somehow we quit talking about that in the world of social media, but runaways are increasing because of social media. Why is that? Because total strangers can access kids in ways never before possible. And they build a rapport with them, and this kid's maybe off in a remote village, or maybe they're right downtown, L.A., But, you know, everything starts to look more attractive than what they have. We talk about that when we talk about fantasy relationships. These predators come in, they build a rapport with them, they get them all excited, they begin to tell them, you know, hey, I'm going to take care of you, You you need to go off and have some adventure. And totally normal kids will take off with someone they absolutely don't know. And the next thing you know, they're stranded out there. And they don't have a way to feed themselves or eat. And so it's a real challenge of what is going on out there. Talk to your kids about don't run away. If you're a nonprofit, create a safe haven for them. If you're a church, give them a couple of people they can always call. People who are trustworthy, who will not take advantage of them and not disclose their confidentiality. But give them a plan B. In fact, I was thinking last night, we need to create a program called Plan B for runaway kids so that they have some some power, some strength, some alternatives when things get too difficult for them. So one of the challenges here is these guys will locate kids that are in need and they begin to exploit them. And that is the kind of cases that we see up here and gangs are the masters of it. We need to talk to our kids about don't get involved with gangs. Gangs will exploit you and especially if you're a girl. So what I'm going to do now is that I'm going to, this next section, we're going to look at a case from uh, Alaska, and then we're going to bring on Gwen Adams and so that we can talk about what's happening here in Anchorage. Stay with us. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll be right back. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back. We appreciate you joining us again. We're going to dive right in this morning and look at a case because it is this case that fascinated me that led to my meeting the folks at the Priceless Organization. As you know, I look at every human trafficking case in America every day and every child pornography case because I want to understand how these creeps, how these predators are doing this so that we can educate our kids, and more important, we can alert law enforcement to changes in MO so that we know how to combat this. This case was this year, and it was two California people, two guys, they were brothers, their name was Kendall Standerford and um, Jamil Williams. Um, They say they're brothers, they have different last names. Now, they're from the heart of California, but they were arrested in Anchorage. You see what I mean? These guys go back and forth and back and forth. As I originally read the article, what happened was they were stopped by the state troopers. By the way, I got to train some of the state troopers this week, and they're amazing people. Everything you see on TV, you can believe they're the real deal. These are some cool guys. Anyway, as I remembered the story, they were originally stopped, I believe, for speeding, and there were four people in the car, two guys, two girls, and they were maybe smoking pot, as I remember, but it wasn't enough for them to really be arrested. They were given a ticket and went away. 
So what happened here is then it became um, known to the state troopers that the car they were driving was a rental car, which they had stolen. So as the story picks up here, what is happening is the troopers go out to find out about the men that were in the stolen car. As they got to the stolen car and they were arresting these guys, of course, they go through and gather up and do the evidence report. Inside the stolen car were multiple cell phones and approximately $6,500 in cash. Well, that's not uncommon, and if you're looking for a hint out there, if you think somebody's into sex trafficking as a perpetrator and they're carrying multiple cell phones, these are called burner phones. These are usually prepaid phones, and they usually have quite a few of them. They give them to the girls when they're out on the street. They use them to make dates. And when you look at all the back page ads, you will often see that the ads, the telephone numbers on there are out of the area. That'll give you a hint right there that you're dealing with a sex trafficking crime, or excuse me, a sex trafficking network, and that they may be on a sex circuit because that number is from out of the area. They had a large amount of cash on them, $6,500. That kind of triggered the troopers to believe that either they were going to be into selling drugs or they were into selling sex or both. So they went in and got special help from their special drug enforcement unit. I want to point that out because, you know, up here in a remote area, they have limited resources, and they have to make the most of every case and every resource. And one of the things that we talk about is many times these are not standalone crimes. What will happen there is you have a sex trafficking crime, but it will be part of a drug ring or a drug ring will be part of a sex trafficking ring. A lot of times these are connected to stolen vehicles. When I've trained out in remote locations like in Parker, Arizona, their three cases were all connected to stolen vehicle cases. So what I'm asking you is always look beyond what you're seeing in there. A lot of times they're connected to um, shoplifting cases. They'll put the girls out, or guys too, out for shoplifting. They'll often be connected to counterfeit good cases. Lately, we've seen a couple of cases where they're connected to credit card fraud. They will put the girls out, especially in the middle of the day, because they don't look threatening. And they start stealing credit cards out of mailboxes, and then they use that to go out. Because many times, these rings are run by cartels, and they have multiple businesses they're making money on. Think of the impact of that on the victim. She's now out there committing a federal crime, and they're making her do it. And they will tell her right then and there, you're going to fry for this crime. I'm not going to. You are, and you're the one that's going to do it. So they use them as the front person. Well, back to my story here. So they impounded the vehicle here. The special drugs unit did that. And as they began to go through it, what happened is they began to realize that they have multiple hotel keys in their possession. Now, I'm proud of these guys. This is what led me to getting acquainted with these people. Because a lot of officers across the, the United States would never take the time to dive in and say, hey, what's really going on here? They'd have a stolen car case. They maybe have a drug case. They have some money laundering maybe and that kind of thing. But they would never take it to the next level. But I'll tell you what, law enforcement's getting smart, and they're realizing how these rings work, and they're starting to get creative in this. What happened is they took those motel keys, and they went down to the hotel with the manager, and they began to try them out. 
When they got there, they had a 19-year-old girl inside the room, and she told police that she and another girl had traveled from Fairbanks to Anchorage with the two men to work as the escorts. The woman said that she had been advertised. Actually, the way the article is written, she says, the woman said she advertised her sexual services. You see how they incorporate this in the girl, that she's taking the blame. Most of the time, those ads are being placed by the sex trafficking ring. She told police that her and the other woman, well, that the other woman left to stay with relatives. Before it's over, it comes out that these girls are from a village quite a long ways ago, and they had left that village to come to the city, and that they had been dating for several months and lived out of hotels. And she said that she actually met them online. So think about how this works. You're in a remote village. You go online. You meet somebody. You're young. You're impressionable. This is going to be your knight in shining armor. You take off. You get acquainted with them. And the next thing you know, this didn't turn out like you thought it was going to. The quote in here says that the woman said that this Standiford made her service up to 20 men every week for a fee of around 250 to $300. He kept every dime, according to the complaint. That is not unusual. Please, please, let's talk to our young people. They need to know the girl never gets the money. The two men recruited women from bars and clubs, and they promised them drugs, wealth, and romance. And so there were more women, and they're looking for more victims in this case. Here is what I want to point out about this case that law enforcement did an excellent job on this. Law enforcement simply does not get enough credit for these kinds of things. I'm telling you that people who sell other people's bodies, it doesn't get any worse than that. And these are some really serious bad guys. You're going against Crips. You're going against Disciples on this kind of thing. Sometimes you're going against MS. 13. That's Mara Salvatrucha. In fact, there was some suggestion that MS-13 has come up here, and I'm not surprised. I am starting to see it in small towns all across America, and they are the biggest and most violent sex trafficking gang, and they are spreading across America, and they're coming in through our borders in the Border Kid program. And so if you think about what law enforcement's dealing with here, these Alaska State Trooper guys are my heroes. I mean, think about it. They cover hundreds, probably thousands of miles each month in, in remote areas. But what happens is these guys prey on these village girls. They know that they're trolling through the Internet, that they're looking to get away, that they'll run away, and that they're vulnerable and can be preyed on. And that is exactly what they're looking for. We must have training programs out in remote villages, regardless of the culture, regardless of where you're at. With the Internet today, no one is safe. And we have to start to have that dialogue with our young people. They need to know that meeting someone on the Internet is the quickest way to ruin your life. I talked to a girl down in Southern California this last week, 18-year-old girl. Now, she can do whatever she wants. She's an adult. But she's ready to go off to Mexico City to meet some guy she met on the Internet. And I said, what's he look like? She's been talking to him for nine months. Grooming doesn't take place in 30 seconds. Grooming isn't a one-time shot. What happens is they get you online, 
and they start to talk to you, and they get all your secrets, and you don't realize what's happening. Think about it. If you have an Internet relationship going out there, any young people that you know or any parents of young people that have started an Internet relationship, and ask yourself, what do you really know about these guys? What they do will just give you a little bit of information. You make up the rest. This girl, she's been talking to this guy for nine months. I said, what's he look like? I don't know. You don't know? You've been talking to him nine months on Skype? Well, he's kind of shy and doesn't want to give me his picture. And you're about to get on a plane and go to a foreign country and meet a guy you don't know what he looks like? You know, what are we doing with our lives here? We need to stop and set our kids down. Take your kids by the hand and come on to me and kids' Facebook site and start looking at all those shows or all those stories we have on there, all those cases. Oh, yeah, a lot of them are really, really tough. And you don't want to traumatize your kid. But it is better to teach your kid what happened to somebody else than to wait for your kid to find out when it happens to them. Start to look at these things and realize these guys tell you just a little bit of information and you make up the rest. And you begin to follow off there. And it is a fantasy. That's the crazy part of Pokemon Go, okay? I'm not against that. It's a fun game. But think about that. They create a fantasy, and then in real life, you start chasing that fantasy. What are we teaching our children? We're teaching our children if they follow a fantasy, they'll get to meet their dream guy. But when they get there, it becomes an absolute nightmare. Well, that's what happened to these girls. These were fine young ladies from a remote village, and they decided they were going off for a new life with somebody they met on the Internet. And it turned out to be the nightmare of their life. Think about these girls. One of these girls said she'd been living for nearly a year on Ritz crackers and lemonade, having sex multiple times every day, inability to turn away a customer, and never getting a dime out of it. Folks, if you're listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity, come with me, join forces. We're going to talk in the next section with Gwen about how to put together task forces, how to put together community groups, and how to take this on, and important, how to support your local law enforcement. They don't have enough resources, but you need to do it right. You cannot do vigilante kind of stuff where you're waiting outside a motel because you're dealing with a Mexican drug cartel and we don't want you to get hurt. So stay with us. Next section, Gwen Adams is going to join us and we're going to talk about how we can take this on and how you can make a difference. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, 
chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton well, hello, and thanks for staying with us. We really appreciate you. We want to encourage you to call in at 866-472-5788. I'd appreciate it if you would follow me and kids on Facebook. And more important, be sure to send me an email if you have something that you want to share. My email address is opal, that's O-P-A-L, strange name, isn't it? Opal at millionkids.org. Especially if you're overseas, if you're outside of the United States, as you know, we are building a global community to combat this. We are starting to find out that while it takes on different airs and different kinds of um, attributes, if you will, you'll see it play out in different ways. It is happening around the world as we discussed this week. Well, I've had a great time up here in Anchorage. We've met so many wonderful people. The folks at Prices have been holding seminars and uh, symposiums, of which I've been attempting to talk at, (laughs) anyway, with their young people and also with social workers and like that. What is happening up here in uh, Anchorage is they have limited resources, which is probably true all across America. I'm very fortunate in that I get to work with the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force, and that is federally funded through the Burns Justice Grant. And so they are able to build a large-scale, well, it isn't large-scale, it's six or seven people, but we've added some additional people with it. And so we can really take this on. But what happens when you're in an area like this where you don't have resources, where you have state troopers who cover literally thousands of miles in remote areas, and they know they're seeing human trafficking, but they just do not have enough people to take this on. Well, what you do is you turn to nonprofit organizations, and that is happening across America. But it's very important that that nonprofit 
be dedicated to understanding sex and, and labor trafficking and be organized in such a way that they're an asset, not a liability. So many times we see groups that are trying to go in and do vigil ante. They wait, out, they wait outside a motel room. They're going to try to take this person and rescue the kid themselves. I do not stand by that. I'm going to tell you that right now. Anybody who knows me knows that I am against that. You need a search warrant. You may be able to get a girl out of there, but you will never get a case because you need a search warrant, and you need to be able to make that case in court. You need to have hard evidence. Otherwise, you completely blown the case for law enforcement. So one of the things I want to do is talk and bring on Gwen Adams now. She is the executive director of Priceless here in Alaska, and she works very, very closely with law enforcement to be able to train local people and support law enforcement. So welcome, Gwen. Come on and join us here. Oh, well, it's great to be here, and thank you so much for having me on the program. And thank you again for coming to Alaska and exposing what's happening up here as well. Well, Gwen, I know that you all have been doing this not a, uh, not a really long time as far as NGO goes, but you have built an amazing foundation with your community by reaching out to other groups and also building a, a solid supportive rapport with your state troopers. Can you tell me a little bit about how you've approached this, how you're building this foundation, what your philosophy is? Well, it's very important, as Opal said, to work very closely with law enforcement, and we work very closely with the FBI, state troopers, and the local police department as well, and the troopers um, across the state and police departments in any city that we're working in. That's our, our connection. But we also work very closely with lawmakers and government officials mm-hmm. and making sure that all of those pieces are tied together. One thing that we know that's very clear is law enforcement has been taught to be mistrusted by any of um, these, these people that are being trafficked, both in labor trafficking and sex trafficking. They are taught to fear at all costs law enforcement. And any connection or talking to law enforcement can, can be very dangerous to, for them. So and we also know, that's one thing we know, the next thing we know is that without the testimony of these survivors, we can't build a case. And so um, when you think about the fact that they're not going to talk to law enforcement and you need the testimony, that's where sometimes it's very critical for other nonprofits to step in. So we partner with law enforcement to build um, a safe environment for the victims coming out of each case and begin to walk with her in such a way that she can begin to feel comfortable, safe, and um, understand the importance of sharing her story. So that's how we partner with them. The, each victim coming out is, ends up being partnered with a team of two mentors, and we have over 100 trained mentors in the Priceless program. And they just be, that's the first taste of maybe healthy community. We work really hard in the first few hours once a referral comes in to just create a safe environment. That's the first thing we do. And Gwen, then, let me, Gwen, let me ask you about that. Mm-hmm. This is the first time in my work across America that I've seen that approach. And I've been very, very impressed with it. The idea of having two mentors mm-hmm. come alongside, that, that's really a unique approach, and I, I applaud you on that. Um, how, do, how does that work? Are these all connected to prices, or are they 
Um, are these like trained therapists kind of people, uh, or are they other organizations? How does that work? Well, these are ordinary people, as ordinary as, as they come. And um, most of our mentors come from uh, a variety of faith-based organizations. We work with, I think we have like 18 different churches represented in the Priceless Organization Mentor Team. They go through nine weeks of training, wow. becoming trauma-informed and, and uh you know, obviously, since all of our referrals come in from law enforcement, and the law enforcement refers because there is an open case where they have made an attempt or arrested a pimp. So um, there's danger involved with each each of the girls. There's somebody out there who may be in jail, but you know, you know how it goes. They they get out, they post bail or whatever. So um, there's a, a safety element. So we we go through a fairly rigorous training for nine weeks. And then the, the, our reasoning behind attaching two mentors is the support and the safety. So on the way to um, a meetup with a girl, uh, this team rides together. They stay in the same, you know, they go in the same vehicle together. They have code words together. So if one of them alerts a danger, they, they can let the other one know immediately. Now, and do then, these people know each other prior to this, or do they spend time together so that they know they're compatible? We encourage people coming into the mentor training to come with somebody. So our most successful mentor teams are teams of friends that have existed for a while. They're already in your life. It's, it's a, it, it can become a natural part of a friendship rather than something that you um, have to add. Mm-hmm. So now we definitely have mentor teams that met during training and, and just really clicked and wanted to do this together. But uh, we encourage people to sign up for the mentor training in teams of two. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, and tell me about this nine-week training. What's, what does that entail? Well, uh, it's, it's in two parts. And so we always spend the first hour of training on specific sex trafficking um, things that they need to know. Like I said, trauma, being trauma informed, um, what to look for, um, kind of begin to read the signs. You know, every every one of these gals and they come in, you know, we know that they probably wouldn't even be alive today if they didn't have some real intense skills around manipulation, lying, and, and um, some things like that. So we learn how to walk with people who have, who've developed over time some pretty tough survival skills and how to combat that. Um, a lot of training uh, just on the heart of the mentor because this is very difficult work and can be very jarring. So we talk about secondary post-traumatic um, syndrome. We talk about what it looks like to live balanced in your own life. Boundaries are huge. Uh, what it looks like to develop an, a close relationship without enmeshment and becoming um, having some attachment disorders there. So a lot of that kind of stuff. Let me mention, and let me comment on that. You know, this is the first time we've actually talked about the victim approach to this on our uh, radio show here. And I, I really want to stress that because this is very difficult business uh, to be able to bond with someone. And quite frankly, this is one of the challenges when you use survivors to help other um, survivors. And if that survivor has not completed a, a full cycle of healing, they really can do more damage to other survivors. And the same way, you know, there's a lot of people who want to get in this and do good. But if you are not trained, if you don't know how to have 
strong boundaries. It, it's a very difficult business because on the one hand, you have to be empathetic. On the other hand, you must have really strong um, self-control and emotional control so that you can keep that, that person that you're guiding on the path and not get enmeshed with your own stuff. Yeah, the the boundaries issue is is right at the top of the list when we're going through training because your God given boundary is your skin, and when that when that boundary has been completely decimated and broken down, and you have absolutely no jurisdiction over your own body, there is not a single other boundary in your life that you'll uphold. So we. When we go back in, the first thing we we do is uh, uh, walk with the survivors in reclaiming that first boundary, reclaiming their body, being able to say no, um, being able to have the right to say um, who gets to touch them. We we don't ever even touch survivors without asking permission. We don't hug without asking permission because we're starting to reclaim that basic boundary. And then that's, that's the building block to begin to build all other boundaries and begin to reclaim your life is reclaiming your body. Wow, you know, I don't know that I've ever heard that just verbalized. And I hope the people in the audience can really appreciate that. You know, we often talk about victim services kind of in um, a generality, but I never really thought about it before that, you know, you just naturally want to hug somebody, especially if it's somebody you perceive has been greatly hurt. But that can set off more trauma because when I think about it now that you're mentioning it, much of this trauma that they've experienced involved another woman. You know, and 60% of our cases have a bottom girl that was involved in the discipline, the managing of the money, the setting of the dates, and like that. So just because you're a woman and she's a woman, that doesn't give you a right to go out and just automatically hug somebody. You're liable to set off an event. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Okay, well, I'm told we're up against a hard break here, so I'm asking you folks to stay right with us. When we come back, we will pursue this some more. See you in a minute. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hi, and welcome back. We are having a fascinating discussion with Gwen Adams, and she is with Priceless in Alaska. In fact, I'm sitting right here in Anchorage, Alaska, looking up at this wonderful terrain. Birds out there. It is raining a bit, but it is beautiful up here. I'm not sure why I want to go back to Riverside, California. Anyway, we are having a fascinating discussion. Gwen works with Priceless, which is a nonprofit organization that supports law enforcement, and they run a program to reach out to survivors of human trafficking, and they have a unique approach where they take mentors, volunteer mentors, but they have to go through a rigorous nine-week training program. And when they do, after they've completed, they work in pairs and they come alongside a survivor. And I haven't ever seen anything quite like this, and I am amazed at how successful it is. So I'm going to turn it back over here to Gwen and let her keep telling you. I was just fascinated by what she was talking about, training mentors to show survivors and respect their boundaries. So Gwen, pick it up here. Yeah, it's one of the, the, as we were talking before, a restoring boundary is the first step in helping somebody walk into a new life. When you've given away your God-given basic boundary of your, your body, and that's no longer your jurisdiction, uh, every other boundary in life falls apart. And so we begin to reclaim that by first reclaiming the body. And then once once we've established that, the as a a survivor walks with her mentors, she begins to see her mentor team live in a boundaried way. So uh, she doesn't get to call at all hours of the night and text at all hours of the night and show up late to meetings. And, and that's, that's also um, is a, a big protection for our mentors against burnout. But we begin to establish boundaries and model that for them. We, we show them what it looks like to say yes and no, to, um, to say when, you, when you're going to meet me at um, 10, 10 a.m., at this particular coffee shop and you show up at 10.15, you've violated my boundary. You've, you've basically taken 15 minutes of my life and threw it in the garbage can because you didn't care. And so we begin to rebuild for them that they actually get to, get to establish boundaries, reclaim themselves, and, and that might sound harsh, but it's, it's, it's the loving right thing to do so that she can see that she actually has control of her life. She can take that. She's, she can say yes and no. Now, I've heard you say that uh, you do different activities with girls mm-hmm. depending on what their interest is. How does that work? Well, so our, our mentors are not trained professionals, and we work with a lot of trained professionals, but our mentor teams are basically in the modality to access those professionals. So if they recognize or are walking with a girl, a part of her case plan is to it's just, to get into some trauma-trained therapy, then they'll take her to the appointment. But our mentors are not trained professionals, and they were they very clear in the beginning that they're not counselors. So the story of the girl and and the 
the, the parts of that story that need to be told to law enforcement needs to be told to law enforcement, not to our mentor team. The parts of that that need to be worked out in therapy, that stays in therapy, not with our mentor team. So our mentor team is to develop a new sense of life, a new type of, you know, a taste of community. So they do things that would br- begin to bring normalcy back into her life. So sometimes that sitting in McDonald's Playland with, uh, the mentor's children and the mentee's children playing together and talking about parenting. We have one mentor team that um, has been taking their mentee. She really loves smoothies, so they're taking her to all the smoothie bars in town to rate the smoothies, and they've got a, a spreadsheet going of which smoothie <laughs> shops do better and, and worse. Uh, we've got um, mentee, mentors that take the, the gal to state fair, you know, just begin to start introducing normal life. That's what helps her begin to dream again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. I, I met a survivor yesterday, the, the gal that leads your program, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess she's quite a blogger from what I heard, and that's how she's sharing her experience. But she's doing that because she's been out of the life for over five years. And mm-hmm. one of the things I want to, I think blogging is important. I think that writing your thoughts out are important, but I would not be putting them out um, publicly until you know that you've completed a cycle of healing. But your um, your survivor leader was really, really impressive. Yeah, she's, um, if, and I'm going to stress again, she's five years, five years, and this is the first year that we've ever used her in an upfront role in any capacity, and she would not have been ready any time before that. And this is a survivor that from day one stuck with her mentors, showed up to every counseling session, followed through with everything. So this is, this is a best-case scenario, and it still took five years. So I, I want to stress that. Yeah, I really uh, admire you for that because so many organizations, they have a survivor who's been out of the life 12, 18 months, and they really have a strong story. And so it really kind of sells well to the public, if you will. And I'm saying be very, very careful. Nobody, nobody, after they've been through this kind of life, is ready to go out there and share personal details. One of the things that I thought was really powerful with your survivor leader was she was able to tell her story without giving away a lot of personal detail. And uh, it was powerful the way that she did it. It wasn't so intimate that it was painful or um, painful for her or painful for the audience. And, And one of the things that I have seen over and over in this is that it is important to understand this role, but by the same token, don't have survivors out there talking way before or, or even writing out their stories publicly. You know, the, this takes a long time to work through all of this. This is one reason why I analyze cases is because we're able to talk about what it was like for the survivor without having to get into details that might put them back into a a position of pain that might drive them back to the life. Yes, I I think that is really important. I mean, there's, there's so many triggers that will happen all the time. And again, that's why I really want to stress that the, the law enforcement piece needs to stay the law enforcement piece. When they're gathering testimony that's around a case, that, those details are not to be shared with the mentor team. We really, um, break that 
break that down and, and honor that because she, in this transition time, that story feels like a huge, overwhelming, big deal. But we don't want her to live the rest of her life defined by that story. So uh, I don't, you know, want her. In fact, all of the, the the gals that are involved in the priceless organization, they don't even know the other women who are involved. Wow. They never get to see each other. Uh-huh. They if if uh, and there's a lot of gals coming and going, so you can imagine the coordination because we use two different separate doors and we time things very carefully. They our offices do not have a priceless sign on the door. We don't uh, advertise anything like that. We don't want her to be associated with our organization because that marks her wow. as a woman who's been used in this way. Hey, Gwen, uh, we're coming down to the close of the show, but how many survivors have you worked with over a period of time? We've had 64 referred into the program. Right now, we consider an, um, an active uh, an active case when we are meeting on a weekly basis with a mentor team. So we have 20 that are active right now. Um, we walk with them. Our time frame is about 12 months that we do that, that intense type of mentoring, and then it, it, it orbits to something a little bit less because we're trying to plant her into a new sense of community. But um, So that's, that's basically where we are right now. Well, we are unfortunately out of time. We are coming to the end of the show, and I hate to see that because I'm having a great time up here. These are amazing people. You may want to look up. What is your website? www.pricelessalaska.org. Perfect. Well, Gwen, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for an amazing week, by the way. Next week, we most likely are going to go in and start to talk about new technologies that are happening that will literally change our life. And more important, we're going to start to talk about a program called EDGE, and that stands for Eradicating Domestic and Global Exploitation. We're going to ask you to join us, especially if you're overseas, because we want to form a community here. Our lives are about to change dramatically here, and they're about to change because of technology connecting us all globally, which means that there is no child on earth that is now safe. So we're going to ask you to join us next week. Be sure and follow us on Me and Kids at Facebook. My name is Opal. You can reach me at opal at meandkids.org. And thank you so much for joining us. We need you in this fight to combat human trafficking. See you next week. And be sure and archive the show and share them with others. Take care. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.